everywhere, got all of our blame. <laughs> okay. Corey, that was your side of the room again. <laughs> I just had to do um, a we photo project where I just photographed like a ton of beds. Ooh. Yeah. Like, um, and just like, it's like that Drake song where he's like, she said, do you love me? I told her only partly. I only love my bed. I love <laughs> I'm sorry. And with that note, <laughs> welcome to the Rod Squad, the internet's freshest Twilight Zone podcast where six college students take you, you take you through the cult classic horror anthology television program, The Twilight Zone. As always, I am your host, Ben, joined by my co-hosts. Tabitha. Ashley. Connor. That's not who I pointed to. <laughs> Corey. And special guest, friend of the show, and friend in real life. Oh, hi, I'm Jamie. Uh, we have a little questionnaire we like to do oh, for, uh, for all of our guests. What is your major here? Um, art and design. Uh, what is your favorite episode of The Twilight Zone? Episode 310. <laughs> this one. <laughs> and finally, what is your favorite kind of ice cream? Oh, no. Um, I really like coconut. Oh. oh you broke the... No, I like coconut. And with that, the episode is over. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks well, for coming. We had a street where all the guests would say, cookies and cream. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say that. That's like my second favorite. All right, that's close enough for me. <laughs> oh, uh, not cookies and cream. <laughs> It's been a bit since we recorded, so has any Twilight zone things happened to you? Slash, how have your last few weeks have been? I got caught up with exams, so I had to push that stuff back. Ooh. I have a scary, spoopy story. Oh, boy. Because I work at the library. Um, I work at the library. <laughs> I know, it's so scary. The library is terrifying. The library. Why don't go there? <laughs> Um, so, it was... Wednesday. Wednesday, my dudes. It was Wednesday. <laughs> was it really? Yeah, it was Wednesday. No way! Yeah, yeah. I was that that was yesterday, yeah. Yes. Anyway, so what happened was, uh, our campus decided it no longer wanted to be a lit campus, and we lost all the power in the library. <laughs> oh, no. oh! Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the one about people breaking in. Oh, no, no, that's not scary. Well, it's, it's just a silly gra a graduate student silly thinking grad that student. is above the law. But <laughs> I'll tell that story off, Mike. Um, so power went out, whatever. We're like, oh, no, we have emergency lighting. Because that's a little, like, you can kind of see lights. I go downstairs, and I'm working in the mailroom. Well, with the mailroom, there's also, you have to work in the basement. So lights come back on, we're like, all right. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna head down to the basement. I'm gonna get our, we have like these tape recordings that people get articles from. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go down, I'm gonna do it. So I walk down the steps and as I'm walking down, I get this like gut feeling like this is a bad idea. And like in my mind, I can almost see Rod Sterling coming up from behind me, like his cool casual like intros who, he does. Who is Rod Sterling? Who is Rod Sterling? <sighs> you ruined my story. <laughs> You ruined my favorite host of my favorite anthology TV show. I just hurt my hand. Okay, Rod Serling, but continue. So, I can almost imagine Rod coming out and being like, 
his famous intro, you know, kind of just dissing me, saying how dumb I am for deciding to go into the basement after we lost power and we just got it back. So the basement, there are these long, long metal, um, like, filing cabinets, and they go for a bit. Like, it's, yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's a walk. Don't you know, the book I need, or the tape I need, is the letter S, which is almost all the way in the back. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, you know. So I start walking, I get to the back, I literally stop to turn, all the lights go out. There is oh, no windows down no. there. It is pitch black, and I scream. Oh, no. And then I ran upstairs. <clears throat> yeah, I would have started crying. I was like, that's pretty spooky. Yeah, it was very scary. That's good timing, too. Thanks. We watched, uh, we watched Get Out this we weekend. We did watch Get Out. We're powering through those Oscar movies. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it, too. For the first time. Ashley and I went back down to Philly. So scary. So, uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> we met. I was... I was we we hung out with your parents because we didn't even I was gonna go like oh I met the parents yeah. but you know, like but uh yeah <laughs> I hope my, Rebecca Blam always <laughs> shout out to Rebecca Blam she's always like you need more Steve stories anyway here's one for you so I I recently there was kind of a it's a long story but recently there's something sad that happened in the family a family friend passed away so I was I was gonna surprise my mom and not tell her I was coming down and surprise her because she likes me I guess I don't know why she went and then I called my dad and be like hey I'm gonna surprise mom and come down I need you to cover for me and he's like oh yes you need help with integrals (laughs) 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 thanks Steve (laughs) he ended up spilling the beans but he he had to because my mom started making plans apparently she's too good to serendipitously know that I was coming down anyway that was for you, Rebecca. That was my Steve story. I live with Ben Vlam, so... I have kind of a story. I don't know if it's a spooky story, but it That's involves okay. a black cat. Ooh. So I was house-sitting for my parents over the weekend. You've heard this one. I love this story. So I was house-sitting, and Jared and I were playing Xenoblade. Um, As one does. Yeah, that night. And... Um, my cat was like, you, you've been to our house, so yeah, like, yeah, we yeah. have a tall TV stand, and my mom has her like Valentine's Day flowers, and this mm-hmm. like nice little vase on the TV stand, and then there's like a speaker and a chair oh, on the no floor. Kitty. And my cat, his name's Yuri, nice. but he um, goes on the rocking chair, and he's about to get on the speaker, and we're like, no, don't, and he looks at us for like a second, like, we don't know if he's a gonna um go up there anyway or not (laughs) but like we can't touch him either because he like bats at you (laughs) with like his claws out he is ruthless (laughs) he's an ass but um so he gets down and he's like side-eyeing us as he like exits the room (laughs) to like go get some food so then it's the next morning and we're making breakfast burritos for breakfast because we had fajitas from the night before and um Jared hears this, like, crash from the living room, which we are not in anymore. We're in the kitchen now. And Yuri just, like, waited until (laughs) we were out to, like, knock over my mom's flowers. And, like, the vase didn't break, but there's just, like, this huge puddle of water. (laughs) (laughs) I, like, it was at that moment I realized he's not, he's not, like, just an because he's a cat. He's, like, intentionally being an to us. 
That's understandable. I mean, yeah. isn't that what most cats do? That's Corey, don't you just love cats? Love them. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of losing precious water you need for survival. Oh, no. Look at that. Today's episode will be... The Midnight Sun, a season three episode. I think this is episode ten. Yep. 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 yep it's yep, Jamie's radical. favorite episode. Uh-huh, it's yep, the only yep, episode. And seen. it's the time <laughs> that you have all been waiting for. My joke of the week. Oh, I forgot. Is it my noon? If we were a weather event, we would be a solar flare because we always burn out. <laughs> That's too real. And we also. I thought you were going to say Aurora Borealis. Uh, <gasps> Aurora Borealis. Oh, it's entirely in this kitchen. May I see it? No. 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 <laughs> well, Seymour, you steam a good ham. You're an odd fellow, but you steam a good ham. I'll splice that in. Well, Seymour, I made it, despite your directions. Ah, Superintendent Chalmers, welcome. I hope you're prepared for an unforgettable luncheon. Yeah. Oh, ye gods! My roast is ruined! But what if I were to purchase fast food and disguise it as my own cooking? <laughs> Delightfully devilish, Seymour. Rod, take us in. The word that Mrs. Bronson is unable to put into the hot, still, sodden air is doomed. Because the people you've just seen have been handed a death sentence. One month ago, the Earth suddenly changed its elliptical orbit, and in doing so, began to follow a path which gradually, moment by moment, day by day, took it closer to the sun. And all of man's little devices to stir up the air are no, no longer luxuries. They happen to be pitiful and panicky keys to survival. The time is five minutes to twelve, midnight. There is no more darkness. The place is New York City, and this is the eve of the end. Because even at midnight, it's high noon. The hottest day in history, and you're about to spend it in the Twilight Zone. So we open up at an apartment building where this lady is painting. Yeah, she's doing a nice little. Well, we don't actually see what she's doing yet, but she's doing that. We see a great shot of the sun. Oh yeah, of course. Like oh my god, beautiful. I wrote that it was a hot start to the episode. I'm laughing at the sun, not you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we should probably talk about that really quick. Their special effect for the sun was. What was like? I year? couldn't tell if it was just the sun. I think it was like a light. I think it was. Like a light. I couldn't find it any of my various like resources. Flare on it. But it I just bad. think it was a flashlight that they held up to something. <laughs> well, I feel like they cut a hole, like a weird shape, and had a light. Like like yeah. a piece of paper and yeah, then had the light shining like, through the, the four like streams cut out. Yeah. The sun the, it, the sun doing air quotes for the people who can't see me doing air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is our whole audience. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 special effect for the sun, it was really misshapen I'm like Yeah. It, like, it looked like a square. So I can't legally tell you to look at the sun, but if if somehow you do You can with solar glasses. Mm-hmm. You probably should notice that it's a circle. It's like a sphere. If you've ever seen a picture of the sun. There we like, go. It's a real picture yeah. of the sun. All <laughs> of that flat earth propaganda. <laughs> hey! Back to the hot topic of the night. Uh, the hot topic, Ben, are you still in your emo phase? <laughs> Never left. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was good. good. That was so good. 
So I think she starts like pulling out water and stuff. Yeah, she it's a very just yeah. Scene. <laughs> she pull, pours out a one for the dead homies, a little bit of water, and uh, this creepy little girl like knocks at her door. She's just like standing there. I thought that was a guy. No, it's a oh, little girl. No, it's a little girl. Her name was like Susie or something. I don't know how a clearly like four year old girl looked like <laughs> I do, but you need glasses. She oh, ends up giving the water to the little like the little girl doesn't say anything. She just knocks on the door. The girl, the lady opens it, and the little girl just stares at her with like the I'm the kid, I'm the girl from The Shining kind of stare. Yeah. And she's like, "Here, dead. have my water." Oh. And and then that's when we get to the part where the parents come down. They're like, "No, don't take her water." Yeah, she I actually, it. I really water. Think is... I barely even know her. <laughs> So just sudden silence. I think that this scene that I'm about to splice in has, is a really cool example of how well this episode does with world building. So let's hear what the parents have to say right now. Susie! Don't take the lady's water. It's all right, Mr. Schuster. I've got plenty. Nobody's got plenty. Oh, Mr. Schuster, I, I thought I heard your voice. For the last time, Mrs. Bronson, we're leaving. Did you, uh, did you get gas? I got 12 gallons. I figure that ought to get us at least to Syracuse. Where are you going? To Toronto. We're trying to get to Toronto. Mr. Schuster has a cousin there. You know, I, I'm not so sure it's wise you're trying to do this. The highways are packed, bumper to bumper, the radio says. And what with the gas shortage and everything... I know that. But we've got to try anyway. It's been nice living here. You're good neighbors. Let's go, honey. Bye. Good luck. Safe trip. And now we are too. I just thought that scene was a really good example of world building because they don't, you know, with the Twilight Zone and how schlocky it is at times, they could have just came out and said, oh, God, the sun, it's real hot out, it's moving away, but they used they used a lot of imagery and a lot of, like, context clues to draw the audience to that point. Was that the one where they're like, oh, we're going to Toronto because it's going to get too hot? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I think it becomes, like, really clear when, um... You actually do see your paintings, and it's just like a giant sun yeah. in like the New yeah. York skyline. It reminded me a lot of signs. The um, M. Night Shyamalan does do that. Like that's probably just gonna be, but um, he he does that in that film where instead of like explaining how to fix the problem, which they don't really do in this one, they're just explaining like what the problem is and like how they think to yeah. solve the problem. He essentially just has a conversation uh, himself because he's actually one of the actors is talking to another character about what he's going to do and I thought that was really clever that this um film this uh, episode did that as well yeah we're going to be highlighting a lot of stuff that this episode does that's really I think in my opinion way before it's time in terms of disaster films and tropes um so next I think after the family leaves the landlady comes in mm-hmm. I don't know is she a landlady or is she just she one is. of the neighbors I think she's a landlady she, she acted like a landlady She's very just like, well, that's the last mm-hmm. of them. Yeah, 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 because she did that. I kind of liked how matriarchal, matriarchal, matriarchal her character is. I don't uh, know how to that. Mrs. Other... Bronson. Yeah, Mrs. Mrs. Bronson, Bronson. and the, the woman's name is Norma. Norma. Norma, yep. All right. Rod Serling also has a fantastic intro for this episode. Uh, 
he kind of just comes out from the hallway, right? Like no, the it's like, like standing by the yeah, window yeah. and it like pans over. It's the one of those great pan shots that we've all come to love from. Uh, I Sterling. adore it so much. So, um, I think I think after they start talking, uh, Mrs. Bronson kind of has that kind of freak out about her still painting the sun, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. It's revealed that what Norma was painting, after all, as Jamie mentioned before, was this kind of giant, giant sun. The midnight sun, because it is midnight. And, uh, I don't know, I thought that was really cool. What did you guys think? I thought that was really decent imagery, in terms yeah. of visual effects. There's a lot of good imagery in this. Mm-hmm. Can you think of City of Ember? I don't know what that is. It's a film with your girl in it, actually. C.R.C. Ryan? Yeah, she's I in it. I love her. Did you read the book? I did read the book. I liked that when I was younger. Me too. It's just she draws a picture of a giant sun at one point. It That's was really a cool movie. So don't they all, like live underground or something? Yeah, yeah. And they've never seen. We should watch it. It's really the film. host. No, oh, it's City of Ember. Okay, I, I'm actually. It's a post-apocalypse thing. Um, sure. Was the movie good? Yeah, it was decent. Yeah. They they set it up because the book's a series, and they yeah. set it up so that this was the only one. But it was really good. So we go to commercial, and when we get back, Norma is returning from a uh, a grocery day of store looting, run. which I think is so so ahead of its time mm-hmm. for the nineteen. Like I think this this episode dropped in nineteen sixty nineteen sixty one. Well, didn't you say too? Originally, they were thinking of filming the scenes. I was of... wrong about that. Oh, actually. never mind. But um, that'd have been cool if they did that though. Yeah, but. That like that's crazy ahead of its time to actually like reference somebody shoplifting in an event like this. Yeah, and and talking about the chaos that kind of met her outside. Yeah, because that's such mm-hmm. a that's such a common trope, and they obviously can't show it with their budget restrictions. But I think it's kind of scarier, like just them talking about it, how like she had to fight off people and just the. Yeah, and she was saying that she, even though she was like running around the store, she was like one of the more calmer people yeah. in there, which is like really freaks me out just thinking about how over the top other people are going about their time looting the store like she said that there was just the one woman just standing there crying i thought that was asking people to help her and stuff like that and she's just wearing heels too that's the thing i think uh, because it's the early 60s she has super strong female character Mm. i want to address that later i don't think so which is i think they devalue her a lot discussion time that's gonna be a really good discussion time i'm I'm excited for that i'm yeah, this is kind of a theme I want to talk about a lot in this episode, is just the power of, the, like, I think something so raw about a lot of horror movies that turn out good instead of bad is the ability to have violence off-screen and letting your mind fill in the blanks. Because there, you know, there are plenty of gore-fest horror movies where you see everything, but I don't think that lasts the same way where, like, somebody is murdered off-screen, but maybe you hear it. Because I think your your mind creates more horrific images than you well, can ever actually that's see. The whole that's the whole philosophy behind um, the Blair Witch Project. The whole reason that you never see anything in that scary movie is because the directors realize if they showed you what the Blair Witch looked like, it would only be scary to us, like, not to everyone. Right. But if you don't see the Blair Witch, my version of her is going to freak me out, where your version of her would freak you out. And... They kind of do that with that, do that with this uh, episode, with the grocery scene because my imagination of this chaotic scene is probably a lot different than like Tabs's, but right. at the same time it's getting the message across and very ahead of its time. Right. Yeah. I I really like that idea. I didn't really think about that. Just another comparison I want to draw is if have you guys seen World War Z at all? No. No, no, no but nope. I know about so it. So there's a scene where Brad Pitt's in a CVS trying to pick up <clears throat> drugs for his one child. 
I'm not gonna go into why I dislike that movie because I know Rebecca's gonna beat me up. It's one of her favorites. Oof. But um, no, you should do it. I just it's just so poorly done in every I, aspect, and it makes the book look like crap. And it, World War Z is honestly one of the best books I've ever read. It's not. It's it's like a documentary. It's a documentary style about a zombie. Yeah, it's a mockumentary about a zombie apocalypse. It's incredible. That's really cool. But uh, yeah, but um, he's just running around, and it's all very quickly shot and a lot of panning and a lot of panic and that's like scary but it's not as effective as having to actually draw your own conclusions mm-hmm. about it she gets back after picking up some dank fruit juice <laughs> comes in like a glass bottle I think no, it's like a can. Can. No, it's a can. Yeah. super weird but uh it was canned juice yeah it was just you've never had canned juice no oh, oh boy oh boy. boy I feel like I lived in the 50s me <laughs> Miss Bronson's like, let's crack up one of those four locos and crack, make it up. <laughs> crack oh. open a cold one with the girls. <laughs> Actually, the a warm girl one. Is um, crack open a warm one with the girls, the opposite of cracking a cold one with the boys. Uh, I think right here there's a really strong juxtap- juxtaposition of um, uh, Norma's strong character compared to Miss Bronson's weak one, where Miss Bronson is juggling the fruit juice and she kind of drops it. Well, but she's, Norma's very sure-handed, and she, you know, she's, she's like, "I'm sorry, I'm being animalistic." And Norma's just like, "No, you're just you thirsty. Like, it's yeah. fine." <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited for the discussion. Session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, I'm gonna wait till the discussion okay. actually. But um, so they start drinking it, and um, then we hear this radio turn on. I think it's really neat how like everything is clearly falling apart. That's uh, the thing they did with that with the radio. That's such a very. I mean, now it's used in parodies because I know they used it in Family Guy. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. the whole, like, oh, no, the newscast is, like, breaking apart because people are going hysterical. But, yeah, like, I think... for this, this is the first time, I think, if you look at cinematography from that time period, that this was done. And I bet, I, I can't even imagine on when this was released, like, people's reaction to thinking, like, oh, man, like, that's terrifying. Because yeah. the radio is such a centerpiece, especially this time where people always had it on and were it always It was a social event. Too. Yeah, exactly. And to have that kind of fall <clears throat> apart, I think, is even a greater aspect of the society kind of collapsing. Yeah, especially because, like, um, what, what what's the woman's name again? Mrs. Mrs. What? Bronson. Mrs. Bronson. Because like, Action Bronson. <laughs> <laughs> like throughout the throughout the the entire episode, she like mentions the news and like things that she's heard and mm-hmm. everything that's going on and where people should and should not go. And I feel like that's also kind of important to think about because I believe right after like the hysterics of the radio man, the power shuts off. Right, yeah. like, right yeah. after that. Yeah. I think it's for good this time, too, because they mentioned they've been limiting it, but it's, yeah. like, for good this time. Yeah, Miss Bronson is just kind of like, well, what if it never comes back on? <sighs> I like your impression of her. It's, like, perfect. Yeah, it's actually really good. <laughs> you. So, uh, I don't know, I think, sorry, just to, like, go back on. No, totally. Um, just to go back on, like, the whole radio thing, I think at that point, too, just, like, the sense of normalcy that kind of comes with the weather forecast and stuff right. like just kind of falls apart at that moment because the announcer guy is all like oh god do I have to like do this again like yeah yeah just kind of his part of his cynicism part of like his realisticness I guess is just kind of like awareness of like he's putting on a facade facade yeah no, sort yeah. of thing and he's just like well like we're doomed, so, like, why do I have to keep kind of 
What, do I have to, like, keep doing this stuff that's, like, pointless? It's, like, yeah. It's just, like, every sense of, like, normalcy. It's going to be, like, it's, it's going to get hot. It's true. <laughs> it's going to be hot. It's, like, truly the societal floodgates breaking. It's, like, yeah. from a distance you can hear, it's getting hot in <laughs> here, <laughs> so hot. <laughs> that's the entire Pop episode, it like folks. it's hot. Pop it's like it's hot. <laughs> oh. Maybe that'll be the intro music for this <laughs> one. Well, that actually it might be, be better. That that would be so much. That would be so much better. Um. So after this, the temperatures continue to rise here on my totally legit brain and not Wikipedia article. It says it goes up to 120 degrees Fahrenheit, and it's really nice. They provide us with the Celsius conversions. That's 49 degrees Celsius. Wow, right? that's a lot of Celsius. <laughs> you could put some chips in that Celsius. <laughs> I don't know how that, that was would a sausage joke, but okay. Um, Mrs. Bronson, <laughs> I, I got the joke; it just wasn't funny. Oh, Ooh. Miss, Ooh. Mrs. Bronson begs uh, Norman not to paint the sun anymore, and then we get uh, another really cool scene where they kind of hear somebody trying to break in through the oh, roof so access, and uh, you know, Miss Bronson's like, "I locked it," but then she's also like, oh, "Did I, I lock didn't it?" Lock it. It's me it's, uh, thinking about if I left my keys in my room or not. <laughs> did I do a, that or did I not do yeah, that? Guys, she was like, yeah. it's just so hot. And I was like, girl, we've all been there. It's it's a little played up, which is the only thing detracting this episode, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, the looter, the looter kind of comes in and, uh, then Norma just runs over and pulls out a forty-five, which I think is just hilarious. He's wearing like a sports coat too. Yeah, yeah he's, he's like in a sports shirt. coat and he has an ascot, but he doesn't have a shirt underneath yeah, it, so which doesn't make any sense. Like, like you like, can that see would be like so the coat too hot. is like soaked through. Well, I think gross. that's I think that was supposed to represent like him trying to hold on to his like his his past self that yeah. was like a respected man of society because he's wearing oh, yeah, he's he wearing a nice blazer. Which I we'll talk about that later. Anyway, she's like, don't come in here, I have a 45, and he's like, alright, I'm leaving. <laughs> and then Miss Bronson opens the door anyway. He's <laughs> like, surprise! No, yeah. after, as soon as, as soon as Norma's like, he's not walking out the front door. And then Miss Bronson just opens the yeah. door. Uh, I want to highlight his opening line, because he goes, crazy dames, too hot to play games. <laughs> and I thought it was the start of a musical. <laughs> thought he was about to break out in song. We're going to let him do a little bit of his monologue right now. Crazy dames. It's too hot to play games. Much too hot. So he kind of forces his way in, and he's he drinks. A, he pours the water over his head, but uh, no, he, he throws drinks, the he bottle. He like takes yeah. a big swig, and he drinks all of it, and then like throws the bottle like an idiot. But I think this was the scariest part of the episode because he's clearly a man who holds himself in high regard, and he's stooping to this kind of brute level. But also he mentions that his child, his newborn child, uh, died like an hour in mm. to one of the hotter days. And then and his, his wife wife, his wife killed herself is what he's trying to allude to. They, they can only say that in so many words because of, uh, you know, the, the FCC back then or whatever whatever they had back then. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it's like it's a very real thing, like a very real response to a disaster. I mean, 
this is a little dark, but if you want to bring us into real life things, just look at 9-11 footage, because there were people jumping out of that building instead of facing it, getting hot. I mean, you know. Well, the thing with 9-11, though, is fire, like, to die in a fire takes a lot longer right, than hitting right. concrete. You're, it's going to take hours to yeah, get because no. it has to reach your heart. And that's why, like, when they did, like, executions way back when, when they burned witches, they put gunpowder around their neck, because they felt that once the fire hit them, they suffered enough, and it would just blow their heads yeah. off. Oh. I'm an encyclopedia. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, thank you. <laughs> it's like a very real response I feel to a disaster event to contemplate taking your own life to you know avoid this uh, unavoidable kind of horror. I feel like it also makes you think like what you would do personally yeah. if that ever happens. Yeah, oh think. yeah, that's a, a common trope used today, like with the whole like apocalyptic kind of movies. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, yeah. what he. What, what, they, they, what would they, you do? Yeah, and he's a, he's a very oh, basic human, relatable character that you can be like, well, if that were me, what would I do? Yeah. Uh, again, I think this is cool because he doesn't really go into much detail mm-hmm. about his events, so you really picture it yourself. Like I pictured, uh, what I pictured in my head was just the scene from Inception where he's trying to talk his wife down from the window in the dreamscape. <gasps> that's or a really good shot. That's just what I was about thinking that. about, and that's like a very grisly, real, scary thing to me. Yeah. So, um, again, gotta give it to Rod Serling for writing this episode the way he did. After the man leaves, uh, in an attempt to make Miss Bronson feel better, Norma shows that she painted her a nice waterfall to cool her down. Miss Bronson goes off her rocker. <laughs> like, <laughs> she, like, goes up to the window, and she's like, oh, can you feel the waterfall? She's I, like, I used to go to this waterfall all the time as a kid, and I used to just let the water wash over me. Then she went over the window and looked like she was like trying to like lick it or something, to get the, <laughs> the water to come to her. And, and then it the was... window licked back. <laughs> and, and then, then she died. Oh, <laughs> she was oh, like, oh. ah! And then she falls to the floor and died. <laughs> yes. This is totally not Wikipedia, Wikipedia article, suggesting she collapsed, although I call shenanigans on that. <laughs> Um, the final kind of big scene is when uh, Norma starts losing it as well, and I thought this was super creepy and super cool because the painting starts melting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like the use of paints and, uh, paintings in this. We'll get into that later. The and sun then gets bigger. The sun gets larger. <laughs> That's what I was breaks, and the, the mercury starts shooting out, which is a health hazard. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. There was way too much mercury coming out of that thermometer. Yeah. That's a lot of Celsius. Do you think they used real mercury? <laughs> a lot of Celsius. No. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, they could. They didn't no. know. They didn't then. know. They're they like, you know what? We're going to use real mercury. But they would have had to make it. I don't know. I don't when did they, they, they phase out lead lead paint, just out of curiosity? The 70s, 80s, So I think? there's no way they knew about mercury. Before. Yeah, but I feel like they would have. I feel like no, no, to make I don't it look like the way that it did, I, I feel like they had to have used like, something else. Right, you know, like, yeah, because like they probably wouldn't want to waste the mercury or well, well, that, uh, And the that... mercury would have different properties than the way it was shooting out of there. That was yeah, that didn't, water. that didn't look like mercury. Or something. Yeah, it looked a little too... Or, pretty. yeah. Can you guys make a uh, make a quick little theme song for Encyclopedia Connor? When did we find out that Mercury was dangerous? From newgrandmas.com. Oh, yes. <laughs> I want to be a new grandma. <laughs> helping us from the grave. <laughs> Thank you to uh, our sponsor, New Grandma. <laughs> They're like your old grandma, but better. Uh, it was 
discovered in like the 1920s. Oh, so, uh, so they did not use real mercury. <laughs> Thank you, new grandmas. We are all very wrong. Thank you, new grandmas.com. They were still looking that Shout out to though. new grandmas. <laughs> when grandmas talk, cancer walks. <laughs> what? That, that, is, <laughs> that is the tagline of this website. Cancer walks? Yes. No. Yes. Oh my oh god. Oh, this is the greatest website I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. I. Can you send me a link to that? I will send you this article. Okay, so then we I, I, I feel like we shouldn't be making fun of this, because, like, it's probably a serious site. Alright. I'll look at the about page later, it's fine. So then we have our... Oh, let me... So then we have our big twist. Uh, Norma wakes up, and it was all just a dream. It was all a dream. She mentioned that before, too. She was like, oh, yeah. I'm just gonna wake up. Oh yeah, she did. Yeah, she said it's gonna be night out, foreshadowing, but and cold. Yeah, in in reality, the Earth has moved out of its rotation, further away from the sun, and everything is freezing. And the only reason that it was so hot in her dream is because she had had a really bad fever. Yeah, Yeah. to which she was dying. Yes, she was dying because the doctor was like, doctor was like, you're gonna make it, and then the doctor was like, she's not. Yeah. <laughs> he was just like, I'm going to Miami. Bye. <laughs> it's warm there, I think. Yeah. No way. <laughs> Closer to the equator? Yeah, but you also did think like it was like the exact. Yeah, op- it was just it was, it was really like funny. polar opposite of what was happening in the rest of the episode. That's true. Because I. Uh... I think this episode's super <laughs> interesting because it kind of predicts global warming. <laughs> we'll get more into that on what ripped this off. <laughs> global warming. Real global life. Warming ripped off the Twilight. <laughs> Rod, Rod, take us out. Wonderful to have darkness and coolness. Yes, my dear. It's wonderful. The poles of fear, the extremes of how the earth might conceivably be doomed. Minor exercise in the care and feeding of a nightmare. Respectfully submitted by all the thermometer watchers. In the Twilight Zone. All right, let's jump on into general thoughts. Your thoughts, but generalized. Move. Uh, who wants to start the conversation? We have a lot Ooh. on the tips of our tongue. Yeah. Who is going to be on Thought Patrol tonight? Um, Ashley is starting off. I'll go first because I think here. my opinion is very different compared to everybody's, except for maybe Corey. But um, I thought the episode was really, really good, and then it lost me. It lost me real hard. Yes. Oof. Agreed. Agreed. I thought the twist could have been better. I don't know. Like I, I liked it. But I, I also really think it. you. I was a little hyped up for it, because you're like, oh, this twist is so good, and I'm it thinking... It's good for the time. They had so many better twists. Are you... There's so many better twists in this show. I, 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 I like, Beauty's the... in the Eye of the Beholder... <laughs> That twist is so good. That's a that's a, a world renowned episode. Though. So is this I predict, one though. I predicted that twist like halfway through the episode. That's because this twist, this twist thing. isn't. Wasn't but it just before. there's no shock value. I like there was no shock, it, and the, I feel like with twists you need to have like a shock value. But then half the Twilight Zone is trash because not every twist. Is well, I'm not be saying. Well, I'm not saying every episode needs a twist though. Because not every episode had a twist that I felt. Are you thinking about this from a modern perspective? Yeah, no. Can I was listen? Like I, it, it's. The waking up and it was a dream is like a trope now, and I, I, I get that back then it wasn't. They did it in '39 with Wizard of Oz. 
Yeah. Was it that ever a, really a dream though? I thought it was like it's a dream. It was. It was a dream. It was literally. It was literally a fever dream. That's awesome. It was just. I, don't know, I thought it was so weak. Like oh, it was a dream, and the opposite is happening. Like that, like that, I thought it would have been just cool. Like if so it, easy. Well, I thought it would have been cool if it was like oh, they were actually like ants or like the whole like mini universe thing, and someone's burning them, and the sun is in all reality. See, that's like super weird. Like that would have been cool. Um, some yes. kid using a magnifying glass. I just don't know how. Like well I feel that like that would just be like. What? Like you would have that reaction to yeah, it. Yeah. Well, Jamie, you're you don't. I'm I'm assuming it's not always the best thing, but I'm assuming you don't watch a lot of Twilight Zone in your free time. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Good assumption, Ben. <laughs> anyway, he high fived himself. Yes, Ben. Ben just high fived himself. So so you'll bring you into my little fiant world. You'll be our control group because we've all been exposed to crazy twists of the Twilight Zone. <laughs> You coming in fresh, what did, you, what did you think of, like, a twist like this? I mean, as soon as, like, you saw the snow on the window, I had, I had like, yeah. a sneaking suspicion that, like, oh, it's the opposite, and then, like, when they were like, oh, yeah, you have, like, this terrible fever, it was like, yeah. yeah, and then, like, they just go off to the side, and they're like, yeah, the earth is freezing, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, so, I guess coming in. And, like, um, not really putting myself, like, in the time when it was produced. Uh It's a bit cheesy, but it also, like, makes sense. I also did, I wanted to mention, I didn't lose it at the twist. I lost it at the part when, um the home invader actually entered the room and we like we met the home invader well we we were taught when we watched oh, I thought it, we it was had, horrible so you don't oh. think that she's norm is a strong female nope, character not at all. which i disagree with i think but we should get into this next because i think okay. this is where you were heading anyway right sure well, i mean i can no you finish your thought because i thought you were heading in the direction of it you lost i it, can but, transition all right i can do that um so i just it lost me at that point um just because i thought it it got a little like cheesy like i don't know it just it seemed a little unrealistic um and i was just, and i i was severely disappointed in her character which is why i i don't think she's that much of a feminist character um like a, a more like a female strong female character i think she's a good character and i think she has um potential but i think there's just some parts in her writing that just really ruin it for me and it starts off with the part where right. she's like if all, this is the fir- like time i wish i were a man like But I mean, I think that in itself, like, for are you thinking about it again on a contemporary note or a a I'm just thinking of it as a what you would consider a strong female character. Back in the 1960s, I don't think women really had that many options, you know. Like, I don't. But she's not the one. It's not a woman writing this. Like, I don't. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's fair for you to be like, oh, this is not a strong female character, based on that she has some she is things that she does that aren't feminist like no i'm not saying that i'm saying that by by stating that this is the one time in her life that she's she's like disliked the fact that she wasn't a man like that's a fairly strong feminist idea and it was only because like she physically could not carry a lot of things i think that was a very unnecessary line i think that's subtly subtly embracing your femininity i don't know I don't think it. I don't think Rod intended it to go that deep. I think it was supposed to be kind of a, a nervous laugh you could have in between the suspense. But I think on a character level, like she's. I think she she's, also loses the fight to the man easily. Like there's no what? like 
That is the only thing that I think goes to your point is that is because like she's like he's coming. She doesn't at even him. fight. Like, yeah, like there's she no just fight. And holds it and he takes it. Like, I mean, that was kind of lame. If I, it was yeah. a male character, he would have either a shot him or the rest of the time when this guy's talking, he's trying to get the gun. I mean, that could be like a flight or fight thing too. But like, I think if she oh. were male, it would be different. I think. Well, I agree. But even if you make the argument of the limitations of the episode, if it was a male character, he would still punch him. Yeah. But I don't know how well audiences would have responded to a. No, I, I mean... harming a female on TV, I don't think that would have flown back in the 60s. Yeah, well, I think if you want her to be a female, a feminist character, though, she should be able to be hold on her own, and instead she pretty just let this man come in and just run well, it. Like, and they also have, what's-her-face, letting him in the room, well, she's, because, like, if that was a male character, I don't... Like, if it was an old man that was the well, character, I don't think he would have done that. I think he still would have. I think it's a nice yin and yang between, like, a strong female character and a weak female character, but she, like, she pulls out a gun. Like, you never see a female character. But it it's instantly taken away from her. Yeah. It's, like, it's kind of, like, she's even holding it, like, like, just the whole, the whole scene is, I think, <clears throat> completely defeats the argument that she's a feminist character. Just because the way that she acts with it, like, I can understand nervousness, but if she were a male character, it would be a lot different. See, but, like, I feel like you have to look at it in the idea of historical context, though, is, like, from that time, women didn't have, like, a lot of power. Like, she probably really didn't know how to use the gun, and if you're, like, thinking about it, like, she could have lived with, like, her significant other or something, like, at the time, and it could have been, like, his gun, but he could have left, and, like, you, I feel like you should, like... But they never mention that. Yeah, but... And I don't think you should... Like, like you're, like, well, you're making assumptions. Like that, that. I don't think you should. Oh, you, you finish, and then I have some hardcore evidence. Oh, I love that. Yeah, but I don't know. I just, I just feel like instead of, I feel if it was, if like this episode happened today, I feel like it would have been a lot different. But like looking back at the fifties and kind of the way that women were, I feel like personally she is a strong character because she's just trying to help provide for other people. I think like, she's, she's a strong character. Be... I just don't think she's a strong feminist character. Well, I want to bring this up. So in the original episode, there are two scenes that are deleted. One is, um, instead of her shoplifting, I think a grocer comes. Don't quote me on this. I'm actually not 100% about this. But I know for a fact the other one is that a police officer stops by their house and is like, yada, 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 the police force is disbanding. Here's this gun to be safe. But they cut that out. I don't know if they cut that out for what we're arguing about. I don't think time they, restrictions. I, I don't think they did. I think it's just time restrictions. But I think it airs to the side of her being a strong female character because she... She just has the gun. She yeah, I think that. I she think doesn't that, get I agree the gun from there. a male character. Yeah, I, I think, think I agree cool. with you, but I just I just don't think she she's a strong character, but not a strong feminist character. I don't think you can argue that she's a strong. And she also dies at the end, and it was all just a fever dream. Like we don't know. I don't, if she dies. Well, she dies. Everyone. I mean, everyone dies. Yeah, yeah everyone but he pretty, dies he pretty much end. tells her he's like these pa- these med- the meds that I gave her are just to relieve the pain. I'm not yeah. coming back. She's once that runs out, she's done. Yeah. Miracles happen. She's a strong character. Oh yeah, nonetheless, she's a very I just feel strong. Like it's a complicated topic yeah. to really discuss. You really good paper. I right? feel like <sighs> her character, and especially like at the end, Mrs. Bronson's character, because they kind of switch off on that. I feel like her character is a very strong kind of like caretaker, almost, because yeah. she's trying to like hold everything together. Like Miss Bronson's losing it. That kid comes up to her door and she offers her like water, <clears throat> and 
then in the end you see that she was like the helpless one all along it was Mrs. Bronson taking care of her and like she's trying to like tell her that everything's gonna be fine that's a really good point yeah I, I really liked how Miss Bronson's character was very I mentioned this I think earlier and I think we talked about this earlier there too with like you know matriarchal well there's figure. the it's the exact polar opposites in both the fever dream and yeah. the real world that and being the switching of roles is the polar opposites right. which is really cool oh yeah I didn't even think about it's that because Miss Bronson's taking care of wow <laughs> all right well uh i think the third thing i just wanted to talk about in terms of themes was um was loss of innocence as a whole and kind of loss of humanity oh yeah which mm -hmm. i think is highlighted especially in the scene where he breaks in and um it's also moral implications as well because like the whole like should he steal from them should right. he not? oh that was that was another point i was going to bring up about the feminist thing was he went in there and he did get to take everything that they had but uh, he comes and in. Got away. Yeah, he comes in with a very. I think. Uh, I think this was a total. Like they they did this on purpose, but his wardrobe is like a, a fancy blazer, which mm -hmm. you'd wear for like an office job or like a lawyer. An ascot. Forget about the ascot. Oh, he had an ascot yeah. one. Yeah, it was That's like pretty like around his neck. But he, his clothes are all ripped up, and he's shirtless, and his blazer's unbuttoned, and he's he just looks uncanny. Yeah, he was. Wow. He's just he's just a dirty looking guy. And, um, yeah, I think that's just the whole juxtaposition of, like, having your humanity and having everything, but also letting the wild side take over and, you know, really fighting for survival. That's like, um, I literally just had this in class, so, like, like um, the nature of human dignity and, like, kind of uh, a Hobbesian society where you have, sorry, I'm getting really pissed philosophical. No, no, I love it. It's this fine. Is, <laughs> this is the most this engaging is, com like, discussion section I think we've ever done. Well, I just, I just came out of philosophy, so we were <laughs> literally just talking about this. Um, so, essentially, they're put in this Hobbesian um, kind of uh, nature. Um, state of nature, that's the word I'm looking for. Excuse you! Okay, so, um, they're kind of in a Hobbesian state of nature and you have the whole where um kind of the women represent kind of this like um kind of this staying in this kind of um i'm not con yeah i guess it would be con like kind of con style thing where they're still following by the rules mm -hmm. they're still legally doing things they're not just going at oh i mean she did steal so it's a little it's a little bit of both it, more well, more utilitarianism yeah, i would say because it's like I it's thought the whole principle of utilitarianism is if it's if it's like good morally for right for you. If it's good for you, then it's morally right. No. What am I thinking? Of? You're thinking of. Because I thought it was the whole thing where like if you find a really corrupt CEO's wallet, I thought like, well, no, that no, like, about... stealing that a hundred dollars is what's morally right because of his. Well, that would be acute utilitarianism because you're doing what's best for the greater good and right. that's the greater good being not having we're, we're giving pre a preview to Corey Corey you're taking philosophy 101 right now right <gasps> this is, you'll do talk you have Jim about Miller? That. yes he does a woman oh my goodness <laughs> I love her Dr. Miller is a, so if you much. ever have a chance anybody who listens on campus to take Jen, uh, Dr. Miller she's fantastic yeah Jeez. so uh, what I was saying um, they kind of have the acute utilitarianism where she's doing what's morally kind of wrong but it's also best for all where he kind of follows Hobbes kind of idea of how he's regressing back into this like state of nature in which that he is living on all impulses and, and instinct and just doing 
what he needs to survive, and that's not always the best thing. And in this aspect, he breaks into a home, and I just thought that was really interesting. Right. I don't know how this ties into what we talked about at first, but I that's think fine. that mm. scene, like um, <clears throat> in general, like my kind of take on the episode was it was kind of a theory on how people deal with panic, and just like as someone who has dealt with panic like throughout their lives and who has been with people who have like had panic disorders and stuff it's like when you're freaking out is very different from like who you are normally as a person and just you can kind of see him going like back and forth like as soon as he as soon as he like sees her paintings and is reminded of like his wife and like the life he had before all this like disaster stuff happened he immediately just like snap back snaps back into like this sense of morality and he's like this isn't actually me you know i'm not actually like a i'm not actually a monster please forgive me for like being there what do you think of the soundtrack because i don't remember much i know we usually talk about cinematography and soundtrack and i don't really remember anything eventful Um, about either of those two things i figured we would probably talk about it and our actual ratings. I feel like that. I don't know. I kind of want to shift general discussions over more to like, like themes and stuff okay, like sure. tonight. But no. To answer your question though, um, thought the soundtrack was not the greatest. Thought it was I a little schlocky. I thought it was neat how they did some stuff like whenever the something like kind of important was going to happen, the music would stop. Yeah. So like you like had to focus on what was happening and like right before the radio went on. And I don't think music played after. Did music play after the power went out? I don't think. So. No, I don't think so either. Uh, wow. No, it, it must have. I think I'm gonna say it did. Well, I feel like I have to rewatch. I think I would have yeah, noticed I don't that. Uh, yeah, I'll have to I don't remember stuff like that though. Was was the power out when the invasion happened? Right yes. before. Yeah, the power went I out think, before that. I think there was some there, music the, 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 there was music during that because we was commented there? that it was yeah. kind of not good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. But um, been cool if there wasn't. I maybe wanted to talk about um, the symbolism of oh, like yeah. the paintings yeah. melting. Yeah, go for it. Like please. in that scene, because it's just like the whole world's like getting hot, and you can just see the sweat like beating on everybody. And then just after Miss um, Bronson dies, you see like her waterfall painting just like completely melt. Yeah. And it's like the world's melting too. I think that's honestly what that was supposed to symbolize was like the last descent into utter madness mm-hmm. and just total loss of control of your normal life was because that's all she had left was that reminder of when it wasn't so hot and it's gone like that. Yeah. I think too going back to like the juxtaposition of like um, the melting and the freezing like when she's sick she can't paint and stuff so it's like yeah the world's kind of, like, frozen, so, like, she can't, like, paint anymore and stuff, so, like, I don't know, that, like, ability of hers is kind of, like, frozen, too. Yeah, and she's, she's physically in, like, a coma state, where she's in a, she's in a fever coma, or a long, you know, nap, if you will. Yeah, it's like when you get really sick and you have a fever, like, you kind of just go in and out of consciousness. Mm Mm-hmm. Your That's boy. weird when that happened. Yeah. Your boy, not your boy, but the other your boy got food poisoning again and he was asleep all Dude, day. I don't even know what's happening. Well, like, I had the this? flu a couple weeks ago, so I had like that really high fever and that yeah. was just a weird two days. Yeah. Corey, when was this? 
It was when he was puking Monday morning. I wasn't because he was fine later. I was like, what? What did you eat? Listen, listen, no, listen, listen. I talked about the time I spent in this dorm. Can I tell my story? I had I had Taco Bell the night before, and then I was fine until the next morning. I was like vomiting water. Oh. So like I like Did I you drink bad water. That's as new as it's like the Sims, like bad yeah. water rocks. Oh, that's the thing in Mexico too. Oh. Yeah, Montezuma's revenge. I thought technically it was good. Acting great. Everybody kind of in agreement with that. Acting was really good. Acting yeah. was I was impressed. Surprisingly good. I liked it. Technically, could have. I mean, it was pretty good for the time. The sun. <laughs> the sweat. I just the can't. Sweat. They won me back over with the how they The sweat was good. Wait, I have a question. Sweat, it's mm-hmm. just it that that oily sweat it's is excessive. like. Well, didn't it's, I think it was like over a hundred degrees. It yeah. doesn't make sense in most episodes, but like it worked really well. Yeah, I was better into it in bios and trivia, but a little sneak peek for that. It was actually like that hot on set. They raised the temperature in the actual set up really high. So well, a lot of that sweat is oil. A yeah. lot of, but a lot of that is real sweat too because they wanted to make them feel like they're actually burning up in there. Hmm, Which is a cool technical technical thing done by our director. But yeah, I guess we've kind of reached the end of our uh, general thoughts. Mm-hmm. Any um, any final notes about anything in the episode? We covered a lot. Most of everything. And we got mm-hmm. some really dope theme discussion which I'm and philosophy yeah I think I I think I've hit all the bases I wanted to anybody else want to hop on in any final thoughts or are we good to keep going he was pretty good alright <laughs> <laughs> Corey Arnold as our wrestling encyclopedia friend and more importantly God <laughs> God <laughs> what is our W WWE Connection of the Week. Okay, so the, uh, the uh, Home Invader comes in and does all these naughty things. And he says he's doing it because of the heat, so it's not his fault. There was a man, a god named Gene Snitsky, and he, while fighting this man called Kane, ah, uh, Kane's back. <laughs> He was fighting Kane. He knocked over his girlfriend, Lita, who was pregnant and caused a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. He then later went on to say, It wasn't, wasn't my fault. fault. <laughs> I think I saw that. Taunting Lita good. until one episode, one segment on an episode of Raw where he punts a baby into <laughs> a the baby. crowd. It's a baby doll that he kicks into the crowd. <laughs> Let's hear a little bit of a Snitsky promo right now. <laughs> oh, you thought I was going to play a Snitsky no. promo? an exclusive update on Lita's condition. We're going to be going to a medical facility to, to, to get this update. But now standing by, the man that was involved in the match, the man that wrestled King last week, uh, Gene Snitsky. And Mr. Snitsky, you requested this time to talk about your involvement in last week's terrible accident involving uh, Lita and King. Yes, I did, JR. I'm here to clear my name. People have been blaming me all week for what happened with Kane and Lita. It wasn't my fault. Well, I can only assume that uh, prior to the match that you were very nervous before you wrestled Kane. Nervous? I wasn't nervous. I was there to do a job, and I did it. Well, uh, Mr. Snitsky, uh, I would have to say that you certainly have to feel uh, some remorse as look, to what transpired last week. Look, I already told you, it's not my fault. All right, thank you, Corey, for that 
lovely connection. Gotcha, baby. Uh, let's move on to bios and trivia. Bios and trivia! Oh, I need to find my actual page that it's on. We are ready for... <laughs> bios and trivia! Alright, take it once. This was written by the one, the only, Rod Serling. Not Sterling. Uh, it was directed by Anton Leader, which is a really funny name. Leader, I barely know her. <laughs> uh, he is another director who worked on a TV show known as The Virginian, which we've had a lot of alumni from. In so our Twilight Zone you class. could say he was a leader. <laughs> <laughs> They should have had him in the episode because I'm sure he's probably plenty of liters of water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to see I'm one more episode of Twilight Zone from him. But all in all, he's, uh, if I remember what episode he did, he's two for two. This one I think was amazing. Uh-huh. And his other one is fairly good too. Lois Nettleton as Norma. She has passed away. Oh. She was Malif- Maleficent in Mickey's House of Villains, a VHS tape back in the 90s. Whoa. Are you serious? Yeah. Cool. I love Mickey's good. House of Villains. It's probably one of my favorites. <laughs> this is her only Twilight Zone. Uh, Betty Gard as Miss Bronson. She's also passed away. One of two Twilight Zones. Her other appearance will be in the Odyssey of Flight 33, which is a super fun episode. A bunch of people get in a plane, and then they go through a mysterious wormhole back into, like, dinosaur time, and they have to fly through. <laughs> it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's goofy. It's schlocky. Uh, this, she's a passenger in that. And then finally, Tom Reese as Intruder. He's still alive. Uh, wow. This is his final Twilight Zone, and his last acting credit came in 2009. How old is he? Old. Switching over okay. to, we're gonna, we're gonna stop first at the International Movie Database to create the melting painting effect. What they did was transfer the painting over into a wax sculpture and put it on a hot plate and let it melt. Mm, that's so cool. Very very yeah. cool. Very conventional. Did you say that was how they did it? No, they did something very similar to that in the Indiana Jones movies. The first one, Raiders, Raiders of the Lost Ark, when the Nazis oh, yeah, the get their face. face, it was just wax. It was piles of wax, and they just sat with a hair dryer and <laughs> got to melt off. That's it took three days. That's really cool. Nice. Uh, there were supposed to be two more characters. Both of them got cut out. And the waterfall that's mentioned can be found in upstate New York around where Rod Serling grew up Aww. in Tonanoc State Park. That I actual feel like waterfall. too. She's so, in Ithaca. Ithaca, yeah. yeah. So road trip after we're done recording? Yeah, let's go. Oh, I love it's so I have a full tank of gas. I will be 14 miles Three from the New York border tomorrow. Oh, where are you going? Mansfield. Oh. Uh, what about women's field? That's <laughs> 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 so funny. Yeah. From the Twilight Zone <laughs> Companion, Volume 2, Electric Boogaloo, written by Mark Scott Zickery. This episode was like a British movie released in the same year. And uh, it was super hot on set. They actually boosted that thermostat up to make the actors uh, method act a little. Uh, from Martin Graham Jr.'s Unlocking a Door to a Television Classic. I need an adult. Uh, <laughs> Lewis Nettleton was super popular at the time, but Martin Graham's rights that she plateaued where she would audition for things, and they'd be like, oh my god, you're great, you're just not popular enough. <laughs> so... So Rod gave her the shot here, and I think she knocked it out of the park. Sounds like my high school career. Uh, (laughs) And uh, this is like a script Serling got earlier. Yeah, he didn't get sued for this, but the whole story with that is that 
gravity magically reverses and two characters have to s- not get killed by falling objects. So, another natural disaster uh, script from Ron Sterling. That'll take us out of bios and trivia, and we can move on to what ripped this off, as mentioned before, or what this ripped off. As mentioned before, global warming. Thank you, Gore. <laughs> Thank you, climate change. You're giving me a job in my future. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, that definitely ripped this off. Maybe I should uh, switch my major. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a really good example of this. Um, there's a mockumentary that came out, uh, how many years ago was that? A while ago? It's my favorite time. But I think they're doing a season now of it. Like, they're doing, like, a television show. I'm not probably gonna watch the television show, because the whole, the whole thing with the first one, it was, it was a mockumentary, and it was set up like you were watching, like, news, and then you were watching, Mm -hmm. like, home videos, and I'm super into that. But the whole point of it is, it's called American Blackout, and the United States loses power, like, immediately everything's gone. And, That's really interesting. Um, it's just kind of how society deteriorates. There's a whole big section where a woman's in her house alone and she has an invader come in. It does not end up very well for her. Mm-hmm. But um, it's really interesting. There's college kids stuck in an elevator. They That's were cool. going uh, up to something and they're stuck. And yeah. I, the show is supposed to be, I think it's like three or four days. That's really, I think I actually have seen this of that. I love that, that that uh, mockumentary it's really good quickly going back the movie that I guess also fits here is uh, the movie that this episode probably somehow shared a plot with was called The Day That The Earth Caught Fire mm-hmm. so check that out it's actually got really good reviews apparently it's really good I have one Alaska <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah they do have that week of no no moon it's all sun they call it the midnight sun yeah. oh they do yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so rad well this year, a film is being released starring Bella Thorne My favorite. and Patrick Schwarzenegger called Midnight Sun. She has a life-threatening sensitivity to sunlight, which is actually a real, uh, a real disorder. It's a rare uh, recessive autosomal disorder. Yeah. But basically, it's all about love. Nothing to do with this episode. I just want to stole the name. Darn it. We're, we're driving with. This is a pretty original episode. We can draw some conclusions to other disaster movies, but I can't think of many. Uh, I can't actually. The Happening, The Day After Tomorrow. Signs. Uh, that's not really a disaster movie. Well, they do the whole thing with water yeah. being super important and having people kind of like t- society deteriorating as these aliens take over. Uh, the Day After Tomorrow. Uh, 2012. 2012. Knowing. Um... The mist. Geostorm. Don't even talk about oh. that movie. Sharknado. <laughs> Sharknado. Sharknado 2. Uh, Sharknado 3. <laughs> Sharknado 4. Tarantulas out of a volcano. It was like. Lavalantula, yeah. But we're forgetting about Sharktopus, too. Three headed mutant shark attack. Oh, that was a good one. We saw that when Ash was down at my place. Birdemic. Birdemic. How can you forget? Birdemic 2. Birdemic shock and terror. Alright, we can go on about this forever. Yeah, it's the whole disaster movie the trope. Mm-hmm. The disaster artist. Um, anyway. Wait, The Road. The Road, eh? Mm. I love that movie. So, I think Tabitha, did Tabitha or Ashley win the... Ah, we the, tied. We tied. tied. No, no, I think Ashley I won. think you gave it to Ashley. Yeah. I'm still Woo! mad you're taking away my segment. 
You can win it back. You um, took away the with, segment? No. I, I came up with the oof moment of the week. But whoever wins, whoever the... wins the... Oh, gets to say the oof moment. So, Ashley, what is the oof? Oh, oh no, no one did it. Right. We're ready. Ashley, what is the <laughs> oof <laughs> moment of the week? Don't be a grumpy puss. I will um, be a grumpy puss. <laughs> we won't get. Um, I think the oof moment of the week is going to have to go to when the landlord lady, what was her name, Miss 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 uh, Bronson. Bronson, when she's going on about her childhood and she just hits that floor. <laughs> did she, Connor? Did she take the bump well? Uh, that's not a me question. Yeah, but it is now because you're sad about the segment. I guess I would have chosen a different <laughs> oof moment though. Connor, <laughs> My oof moment was at the end when the doctor's like, well, there's nothing we can do. I'm going to Miami. Wow, that sounds like something that would happen in real life with the healthcare in this country. (laughs) Oof. Oof. Okay, let's move on to ratings. After our discussion about all the the themes and kind of how dope this episode is, I raised my score to a 10 out of 10. Wow. This is the second 10 out of 10 I'm giving. Uh, the first one was a passage for trumpet earlier in our uh, show, so I'm at my second ten out of ten. Uh, let's do this, John. Well, we'll save Jamie for last. Who's John? But let's do this, it's... John clockwise. Oh, you meant John. Yeah, John. Clockwise would be. T- let's do this, John, John. clockwise. Corey, what'd you give it? <laughs> I'm giving it a five. Wow. Wow. Fairly low. You didn't it even was... discuss why you didn't like it. I was about to if you. Oof. Oof. Uh, it was like it, it was good, you know. I was uh, the twist was boring. I'm sorry. Twist, twist was boring. And it lost me. Uh, that's pretty much what killed the episode. Like I, I was expecting something so cool, and it just oh, she's asleep. <laughs> I'm gonna give it an eight. I mean, I I was wondering what the twist would be, but like. I guess I'm just dumb and I'm bad at realizing. Because, <laughs> like, it makes so much sense, like, You just don't have a high enough IQ. I'm sorry, I don't watch... You really need a high, high IQ to understand the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I'm sorry that I don't watch Rick and Morty. Please sue me. Actually, what are you going to do? I wasn't done. Yeah, oh, Connor wasn't done. <laughs> yeah, no, it was... It was good, the acting was good. I enjoyed the twist, even though it should have been a little bit more predictable. Uh, the only thing is I think they went a little too far with the twist. Like, huh, it's the direct opposite. Like, not... Like, they could have stopped oh, at... She's I really having, like that voice. <laughs> I feel like they could have stopped at it was a fever dream and she's dying and it would have yeah. been okay and then it was like they just had to keep piling on and on and on to the right. twist. Ashley? Me. So, um, I was originally going to give it a 9 out of 10 but... I just, I have to, well, originally I was going to give it a much lower score, but, um, I'm just going to have to go with a seven. I, I'm, I was severely disappointed in a lot of the scenes, but I think it had some very good acting, very strong characters, very good ideas that, um, ended up kind of making a, a pathway for the industry, which I think is f- phenomenal, but it's just not, nowhere near a ten for me. Tabitha? I'm going to give it a nine. I really like this episode. I enjoyed the twist. I thought it was neat that they took, like, the, the freezing, like, what was happening to, like, actually happening to them, and then, um, in her fever dream, just because she was, you know, having a fever, 
Like, it was just the polar opposite of everything and how that affected the rest of the episode. And finally, our special guest, Jamie. Oh, boy. Um, I'm going to give it a 9.5 out of 10. <laughs> um, I don't know, just kind of the ending. I liked it, but um, it was a little predictable, like, as soon as it was happening. But I really liked how it kind of dealt with its themes. I really like the humanity in all of the characters. I really like kind of the different perspectives you got from everybody. Yeah, dope. Alright, so we have so many things to do on this episode. It took two pages. Oh boy. Uh, we did ratings and oh, I forgot to do question of the week. Oops. You do that at the end. I forgot to write down a question oh, of the week. Oh, nice. So next week's episode, we're heading over to season five, episode 16, for the self-improvement of Salvador Ross. Uh, I really like this episode. It's more of a comedic episode. It's kind of goofy. It's, let's hear what Rod has to say. Confidential. Personnel. Oh, wait, that's, <laughs> that's not, that's not, that's a sentence on the Turns out you can put words in whatever order you want. <laughs> personnel file on Salvador Ross. Personality is a volatile mixture of fury and frustration. Distinguishing physician character distinguishing physical characteristics. A badly broken hand, which will require emergency treatment at the nearest hospital. Ambition. Shows great determination towards self-improvement. Estimate of potential success? A sure bet for a listening in who's who in the Twilight Zone. Sounds like a monkey's paw kind of thing. Ooh. Or no, it kind of sounds like, have you ever read XXXholic? No. It's a manga. Uh. <laughs> I'm going to show my weeb. Okay. <laughs> but it's like this witch, and um, she gives people, like, gifts. They come to her in, like, their time of need, and she gives them gifts, but she takes something of theirs as well. So Interesting. Yeah. Hey, that's pretty, yeah, so it could be a monkey's paw thing. Um, you're actually pretty close, but it's not exactly like that. I think somebody's gonna like make a make a trade that's like that's too much, and it's like impossible for him to like give it give it to them exactly the way they want it. So he so he gives it to them, but there's there's a negative side to it that's like that is unavoidable with the trait that they're getting it's more about stuff he takes I should say that like mm. he doesn't it's not he doesn't really give traits he takes traits for like monetary values that's oh. a good one like, so oh, okay. if you want to go again I will let you go okay first. so I, I totally blanked out for half of that first explanation <laughs> so <laughs> so <laughs> he's I don't know. trying it anyway I just, I just want my oof moment. Oh. Well, we'll, we'll give you an honorary oof moment oof. next week. Tabitha. The honorary oof moment is is this segment for me every week. Oh. <laughs> Tabitha. Tabitha's dying. Tabitha's dead. <laughs> Tabitha got heat stroke. 
Are you thinking? I've got some bad news, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting your, your oof moment back. Because <laughs> I predict that we are watching Survivor Series 2015. And why is that? In which Bray Wyatt, a spooky dookie man, <laughs> beat two old fat spooky dookie men and the Undertaker. And took, oh no, he kidnapped them and took their powers. There we go. So there we go. We're That's watching the episode. We're watching Survivor Series That's 2015. The twist. We're actually watching Corey. We're actually watching Survivor Series. Give it to me. Give it to me. You Give it to me. Have not received the youth moment of the <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Alright. So, this guy is taking what I'm probably thinking are, like, insecurities or, like, issues that these people have for money. So, it's like a Crossroad Demons type thing. Where you go, and they're just like, hey, do this thing, and I'll do the thing for you. It's Satan. There we go. The <laughs> no, there we go. the devil. You are wrong. Like, <laughs> actually? Okay, so I've been thinking... I got a good idea. This is probably not it, but I feel proud that I came up with this. So he's doing these deals right, and he's getting, like, different things from these people, like a sense of humor and all this stuff, but the twist is going to be at the end, he's slowly regressing, he's slowly turning into a totally different person, and he's not really himself anymore, and he gets to the point where he's, like, a totally different human being, where the last trade-off is, like, someone's mind or something like that. Ooh. I just thought of, like, a real one. Okay. So, uh, he's taking he's taking people's traits for money, right? Uh-huh. So, the traits that he takes are people's bad traits, but he absorbs them himself, and then like he ends up just being a person. He he ends up having the, the bad traits man. of this person. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Jamie is the winner, oh, which Jamie. is. Uh, which means uh, you have to come back. moment will be up for grabs. Or you're welcome back if you want to. We can figure that out, too, okay. if you're interested. You can be your... If you are if you want to come back in two weeks, you can be the defending champion. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's finish with a question of the week. What are you guys most looking forward to seeing in our second season of The Rod Squad? With uh, so We just finished our first ten episodes with this episode. So episodes 11 through 20, you know, we got some season 4 in there. Ugh. Namely, two episodes of season 4. Unfortunately. But what are you guys really looking forward to seeing? I got, I have most of it planned out. Our big heavy hitter at episode 20 is going to be The Monsters Are Due on Maple I'm Street. That is my so favorite episode. Excited for that. that is my favorite episode. That that that's what that's I'm excited really for. Good. I yeah. haven't seen that episode in like four years. So what are, you, what are you guys really excited for? I'm just excited for making more memories with my pals. Aww. Aww. What are you guys excited for getting out of this project? Something to do on a Thursday night? Hey. Um. I like hanging out with my bugs. I can't wait for the food truck to be open after we. Oh the wait! Food truck. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Don't talk about it. <laughs> oh, rest in peace. I just, oh, rest in peace. I rest in peace can't wait so to much. go to sheets. Um, I'm really excited for the discussions from this point. I think um, now that I'm taking a philosophy through film course, I really want to use that to my advantage and like apply it to the podcast. And I thought that with tonight. Like, we had such a phenomenal discussion, and that was really, really, really nice, and I like that a lot. I like talking to you boys. And gals. Me. <laughs> Jamie, too. Yeah. Jamie! <laughs> oh. Yeah, so. Yeah. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you, Jamie, for being guest host. Thank you for having me. No problem. Uh, before you go, uh, 
by the way, you're always invited to come back down the road. We'd love to have you back on at some yes. point. And we will, I will definitely be in contact with you about doing another episode of those. We should have Jared on. We definitely should. But that I was going to say, do you want to plug anything, any projects you're doing, any projects that Jared's doing that you're involved with? Too, yeah, somehow? yeah, def. Um, the FCC can't touch me on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, you can plug all the stuff you want. Yeah, so, like, um, I do art stuff. I've done Twitch emotes um, over the break for my boyfriend's Twitch stream. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Jamie Lynn Cross. Um, and then my boyfriend does a lot of League of Legends um, streaming, and he is also a caster for Compete League. But you can check him out at twitch.tv slash thousand eyes. Yeah, Twitch is a, for all our old fogey listeners, <laughs> my parents, Twitch is an online, I guess, like gaming. Network. Oh yeah. Network. Um, if you're coming to Zenkai Con, uh, 2018, um, I'm gonna be doing a Bard cosplay as well as Dragon Trainer Tristana, and we're hoping to bring back our League of Learners panel. And then Ooh. I submitted a panel about character design in League of Legends, but I don't know if it's gonna like go through. I'm sure it will. Didn't you guys get like you guys had like a really big hit at last year's? Yeah, last with, year's. Like yeah. that was a really big thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, we hope. Hope for the best, and yeah, we're, we're, we're giving that good Rot Squad vibes out your way. Whoosh. But, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys in two weeks for the self-improvement of Salvador Raz, and then on to season four after that.